Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked on Giants for Monday, September 12th, week one in the books for the Giants, and an enormous victory in Arlington, Texas, 20-19 to over the Cowboys. Giants win their first season opener since 2010. A little staggering that it's been that long. But that's really how the last couple years have gone for the Giants. I am your host, Art Stapleton, of the record. You can read all our coverage at NorthJersey.com. And it's time for First and Ten, our first show of the new week, heading into Week 2, Sunday's home opener at MetLife Stadium against the New Orleans Saints, the 0-1 New Orleans Saints. The Giants come back home exhaling, knowing how close they were to blowing yet another one uh, down in Big D. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that, but I'll give you the the 10 things to look for this week, whether they're questions, observations, and things that have gone down since they emerged with that big win, 1-0 in the NFC East. It was an interesting game. Uh, I think uh, if you go back and you think to the reaction in the first quarter of this game and early part of the second quarter, there was a lot of panic. Uh, There were a lot of Giants fans believing that it was the same old Giants that they've seen the last couple years. Uh, In some ways, there were imperfections and flaws that showed up. Uh, We'll get into that throughout the course of the week. But... For the most part, you've got to give Ben McAdoo credit for the big win in his debut as head coach in the NFL. And as part of Monday Night Giants, that'll be one thing we'll look back at. And just the idea that how did the Giants get to this point? What was good? What was bad? And that'll be all part of our first and ten segment. So without further ado, we will go into... Number one in first and ten. To me, what left the biggest impression for the Giants is what Janoris Jenkins was able to do to Des Bryant. Des had one catch for eight yards. That was early in the first quarter on a play where Dominique rogers Cromarty came on a, a blitz out of the slot position, Dak Prescott sidestepped it and threw a dart on a comeback route to Des Bryant, who was at that point being covered by Landon Collins. That was the only time Des Bryant caught the football in the entire game. Uh, it, it was a tremendous job what the Giants were able to do to take Des Bryant out of this game. A year ago, Des was out of the game because of an injury. Uh, That didn't stop the Cowboys from coming back and dominating down the stretch and then obviously having that debacle of an ending 
when Jason Witten caught a touchdown pass to win the game with seven seconds remaining. But there's been a lot of talk since Janoris Jenkins signed his contract here about whether or not he was worth the money. Uh, and we've heard a lot of money, money questions about the Giants and their defense. The $200 million for Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul and Damon Snacks Harrison and Janoris Jenkins. Well, I'll tell you what, the way Jenkins played against Des Bryant uh, and even to some extent Dominique Rogers Cromartie and what he did against Bryant uh, and even Landon Collins in a situation where there's no way you want Landon Collins matched up one-on-one with Des Bryant uh, on a fade in the end zone. Uh, but Collins, give him credit, he broke the pass up. It had to go to replay in order to overturn it. But Dez did not catch the ball, and the Cowboys were left settling for a field goal in that situation. Uh, Jenkins was probably, other than Victor Cruz, was probably the player of the game because of the way he played. The only blemish he had was the face mask penalty uh, that gave the Cowboys a first down uh, in the second half. But other than that... You know, Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator, played at Coy last week when he talked about Janoris Jenkins and DRC. Would they stay on their respective sides or would somebody travel to follow Dez? Uh, he said he thought they would stay. Uh, obviously, that was that was a bluff on his part because Jenkins ended up traveling with Dez. Uh, I think that helped DRC stay inside uh, and play in the slot. And then Eli Apple came off the bench when they had three corners uh, in nickel situations and played on the outside. And he played relatively well, much better in the second half than he did in the first. So when you look at what the Cowboys were not able to do in the passing game, uh, I think the game plan for the Giants was to force them to stay underneath, force Prescott to take a lot of underneath stuff, Cole Beasley had a big game statistically. Jason Witten had a huge first half. Uh, you know, think about this. that There's no other player in Giants history, or in the history of the Giants, that has had more receptions, more first downs, or more receiving yards against the Giants than Jason Witten. So uh, I think Giants fans and the Giants themselves are sick of seeing Jason Witten uh, they're counting down. Uh, they would love to be able to put a, a gold jacket out in Canton on, on Witten right now, the way he plays against them, and get him out of the league as quickly as possible. Uh, but Jenkins was, was outstanding, and uh, I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's played. I ended up writing a story for tomorrow's editions of the record. Uh, about Jenkins and just the confidence that he's he's gained since becoming a giant. There was a lot of talk that he gambled too much and maybe coming here he would not be a re- the right fit in this defense. Uh, he's been a leader. Uh, he has challenged himself in practice against Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, I wouldn't look past that idea of that competition between the two of them. Uh, and I think Jenkins, uh, as much... As much as he's given up some plays against Odell, uh, even going back to minicamp back in the spring, I think Jenkins versus Beckham in practice has made Jenkins a better football player. Uh, So have to be very impressed with the way he played against Des Bryant. 
uh, and that's something that sets up well for the Giants going forward. Number two in the top ten, in the first and ten would be the defensive front. Is there reason to be concerned with no sacks in week one? And my answer to that is absolutely not. And the main reason for that, there was pressure. You may not have seen it on the TV screen, but from up top in the press box in AT&T Stadium, we could see it. There was pressure, especially in the second half. Olivier Vernon, Jason Pierre-Paul, even the guys creating some force up the middle. Jonathan Hankins was excellent at the point of attack. Damon Harrison was drawing double teams. Uh, allowing Hankins to get free. Uh, some linebackers were shooting through the gaps uh, against the run game. Uh, and I, there was heat on Dak Prescott in the second half. He missed he missed some throws in the second half that he made in the first half. I mean, there were a couple throws he made in that first half that you looked at, and all of a sudden I think uh, Jerry Jones was preparing to, to have him up in the Cowboys uh, you know, star Hall of Fame. Uh, in terms of what he was able to do. The one throw early on that uh, he got to Witten to beat Landon Collins in a crosser uh, in the middle was, was just a spectacular throw. But I think you know, here's what people are missing the point with, with the Giants' defensive line is that because we're so stuck on the $200 million for this new defense, this this was the best offensive line in football, the Cowboys. This was not going to be a cakewalk. There were going to be situations where the Giants were going to win some battles, the Cowboys were going to win some battles, and some of them were just going to result in a stalemate. And I think that's what we saw uh, throughout this game. The reality is Vernon made his presence felt and Jason Pierre-Paul made his presence felt late in the game when it mattered. Not with sacks, obviously. They would, would have rather had a, uh, a sack, a forced fumble, a recovery, and put the game away. They didn't get that. But Vernon drew two holding penalties. Uh, one, I think if not both, were on Zach Martin, uh, an all-pro at at guard for for the Cowboys. And obviously... Giants fans remember Zach Martin from the whole Zach Martin, Odo Beckham Jr. debate of uh, the draft of 2014. But Vernon did everything he was expected to do in this game. He put a lot of pressure. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul came within an inch or two of knocking the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands on a, on a, uh, a bull rush late in the game that he makes that play and all of a sudden you're talking about a major factor for for JPP coming back. So I'm not concerned with any sacks in week one. I think they'll come. Uh, I did like the late-game pressure that they were able to apply on Prescott and really take away any type of rhythm he had downfield. Uh, He looked very good in intermediate passers. Uh, I, I just don't think he was a deep passing threat in this game. Uh, part of the reason is the coverage that the Giants had downfield, but I also think that the front was really able to control things. Uh, they took away the run game against Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Alfred Morris was a little bit impressive, but that would take me to number three, and that's the safeties in this game. And as we told you last week, as Nat Burhe told you on Lockdown Giants, that he would be starting on Sunday. 
Well, he did get his first career start. It was Landon Collins and Nat Burhey. It was a rotation with Burhey and Darian Thompson, another rookie. Uh, Burhey was impressive. Thompson was impressive. And Landon Collins showed that he's a far better player today than he was last year based on experience, based on his uh, the different body and the way he's remade his body physically. Uh, I think the three of them, what they were able to do, Burhey's hit early on against Ezekiel Elliott uh, on a run play in which JPP kind of stood Elliott up at the line of scrimmage. And Burhey came in with a clean hit, was not spearing, it was a clean hit and just jolted Elliott. And I think that kind of sent the message to, to Zeke. Uh, and his longest run was eight yards in the game. And I told you on Friday when, when we had our show with Kim Jones of the NFL Network, the, the reality is that Giants prioritized taking away the outside runs and containing the edge against Elliott. And that's what they were fearful of. They were worried that Elliott was going to be able to get to the outside. And if he did... He was going to exploit them and open everything up for Dak Prescott. I think that made Prescott's job a lot harder in the second half because the Giants were able to hold Elliott in check. Uh, I think out of 20 runs, uh, he had positive plays on two of them. Uh, and I don't mean statistically. I- I'm talking just in terms of what you would see on the field and kind of deem a, a positive play. Uh, so... The item number three with the safeties, I think you're going to see this going forward that Burhey and Darian Thompson uh, will flip-flop in the starting lineup. Landon Collins will start. Uh, But now this frees up the Giants to do some different things. And that will take me to uh, item number four is JT Thomas. And... Unfortunately, the end of the first half, linebacker J.T. Thomas was injured. He had to be carted off, and he suffered torn ligaments in his left knee. Uh, He is now on injured reserve. Obviously, he's eligible uh, for designated to return for the short-term IR, but that doesn't sound like it's going to happen with torn ligaments in his knee. Uh, So... With Thomas out now, there are a lot of questions of what's going to happen next with the Giants. Do they bring back Jasper Brinkley, uh, who finished runner-up in the competition to become the starting Mike linebacker, a uh, veteran that the Giants released last week? Uh, you know, I think that's probably a 60-40 proposition that they bring Brinkley back. I'm not sure this is the week I would want him back against the Saints. Uh, because I, I have a feeling that you're going to end up be playing a lot of nickel personnel, nickel and dime personnel against Drew Brees, uh, and we'll get to that in the next item. But where we're at now, and we've touched on it, and I know a lot of the fans really, really want Landon Collins to be in a situation where he's uh, a pseudo-linebacker, it would not surprise me now to see a three-safety package where Landon Collins plays plays linebacker in certain sub-packages, and you have Darian Thompson and Nat Burhey, Thompson playing free safety, Burhey playing strong safety, and like Collins playing the box as like that nickel linebacker role. Um, I would watch for that uh, going forward, maybe even this week. 
uh, to get some more speed on the field rather than having to play strict base defense against the Saints. So we'll get to item number five in a second. But when you look at what's going on, we have this from FanDuel. The first week of the NFL season is officially in the books. How did your fantasy football teams do this week? Did you get in on the fun over at FanDuel? Well, don't worry, it's not too late. Week two is only days away. Were you one of the guys who were smart enough to have C.J. Anderson of the Broncos in the lineup? Well, I was, and it was a mistake. Didn't even mean to pick him, but I picked him, played him, and he was great. Not sure how your fantasy teams did, but guess what? You get another another do-over every single week. It's fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. New this year is an upgraded experience. Get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half win cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. Play for a dollar. Choices every choices for every budget. And this week's Sunday Million Dollar Contest is paying out $2 million, 200000 to first place. Have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Try FanDuel now and get up to $50 in free entries. New users who deposit will get five free entries to NFL 50-50 Beginner Contests. Valued at up to $50. You'll get one free entry a week for five weeks. The value of free entries varies on based on your deposited amount. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use my promo code LOGIANTS. That's FanDuel.com, promo code L-O-G-I-A-N-T-S. Void where prohibited. Locked on Giants, your daily podcast focusing on the New York football Giants on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Art Stapleton of The Record. You can catch all of my coverage at NorthJersey.com and The Record, also on USA Today Sports Network. And we're counting down the, the 10 things to look for for the Giants this week as they head into week two. Unbeaten at 1-0 for the first time since the 2010 season. That happens to be Victor Cruz's rookie season. And that'll bring us to item number five, and it's Victor Cruz. Talk about a return for the former Pro Bowl wide receiver. What can we expect now for an encore? Scored his first first touchdown in two years. His first with Odell Beckham Jr. on the field as a giant. He had four catches. Worked primarily on the outside with Sterling Shepard in the slot. And OBJ on the other side. He played 89% of the snaps. He only came off for six snaps on the final drive. When the Giants opted to put Tavares King uh, out there with Shepard and Beckham. Uh, because King is a better blocker, and the last thing you want is to put Cruz out there and get him hurt trying to block, uh, trying to run the clock out. Cruz has proven he can stay healthy. Uh, we saw a little salsa from from Victor Cruz. You know, Weston Richburg joked with me 
that he kind of stayed away from the celebration in the end zone almost to, to clear the dance floor for Victor since it's been so long. Uh, last touchdown he had was week three of the 2014 season against the Texans. And in a three-wide receiver set that day, it was Victor Cruz, Ruben Randall, and Corey Washington on the field. Randall not in the league. Washington, I believe he's still on the practice squad uh, down in Atlanta, but I'm not 100% sure. So it's possible that Randall and Washington are not in the NFL at this point. Uh, Eli Manning was talking in a, in a radio interview on Monday and he said he thinks there's more to come for Victor Cruz. Uh, I think, and I would agree, I think that Encore, Cruz showed everything that he can possibly do uh, in such a short period of time on Sunday in Dallas. It was an emotional night. The Giants were thrilled for him. Uh, and But I think it, it, it just shows that the attention that's paid to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and now Sterling Shepard, I think we're going to get a point where Shepard and Beckham are going to get the attention, and Cruz is going to get even more opportunities to show that he can that he can beat uh, the coverage that he's going to see on the interior. So that's item number five. Item number six. I'm going to go into the Told You So Club. We we meet we meet the members of the Told You So Club all the time on Twitter at art underscore Stapleton. They like to tell me what I what they told me. Well, I'm going to tell you, Sterling Shepard. Uh, that touchdown catch he had uh, at the end of the first half it was spectacular. 41-inch vertical leap showed it all in that situation. First career touchdown. How special is that for a kid uh, who's familiar in Dallas? Obviously, he played his college ball at Oklahoma, and his father Derek uh, played with the Cowboys. Uh, was a well-respected player with the Cowboys. Michael Irvin loves him. Troy Aikman loves him. Uh, Hall of Famers in the Cowboys just just rave about Derek Shepard. Unfortunately, such a tragic event, Derek Shepard passing away when Sterling was five years old. Uh, And here comes Sterling Shepard, a rookie in the NFL, obviously with the Giants, but comes into into Dallas and scores his first career touchdown in his first career game against a team that his father uh, played for and, and really made it, made a name for himself uh, in the NFL. is really a valuable and a, and a great teammate uh, and a guy on this, you know, at this level with that Dallas that those guys really respect. So the, the Sterling Shepard show will continue. Uh, he did have a couple mistakes. He was whistled for a penalty for illegal formation, uh, and he was also at the root of the problem of, of Eli inter- Eli's interception at the beginning of the third quarter. Uh, Shepard should have taken the route inside. He took it outside. He didn't quit on the route. Uh, he just misread the route and, and took it deep instead of cutting inside. And then obviously Eli Manning fired where he thought he was going to be. Uh, And it was an easy interception for the Cowboys. Ended up leading to Ezekiel Elliott's touchdown run. The longest run of the game for Elliott, an eight-yard touchdown. Uh, And then obviously late in the game, on the drive that Cruz scored his touchdown, Shepard made a a tremendous 20-yard catch to keep the the drive alive and and get them down into a situation where they can actually uh, make something happen, and they did. So... We look at that, then I'd say it's item seven. 
Ben McAdoo gets the game ball yesterday after his rookie, the, the first game for a rookie head coach. He gets the win. Nice celebration in the Giants locker room. Eli Manning gives him the game ball. Uh, I like the fact that Ben McAdoo has kind of downplayed a little bit. He said it's going to be a prized possession at his home. Uh, but right now, he'll think about this win come February when he can kind of look back and you know, whether the Giants are still playing in, in January and February remains to be seen, obviously. But I think uh, McAdoo has the right temperament for this team. They won, uh, and he's able to put it behind him very quickly. Uh, so I give him a lot of credit for being able to do that. Item number seven, mentioned him earlier, Jasper Brinkley. Will the Giants re-sign Jasper Brinkley? You know, McAdoo said never say never, and the last time we heard someone say never say never, the Giants ended up re-signing Will Beatty. Uh, so I think, you know, some of the other writers on, on the beat were putting two and two together last week because Brinkley's stuff was still in his locker. Uh, the nameplate was still up there. Uh, could it happen? Could Brinkley come in? You know, I, I, honestly, I think when JT Thomas took a pay cut uh, to stay here, I think that kind of sent the message, the fact that JT Thomas stayed and he knew that he was going to be at the bottom of the barrel as far as trying to fight up that, that totem pole to get onto this roster. Uh, and Brinkley was kind of the odd man out. It'll be interesting to see if the Giants bring Brinkley back this week. It wouldn't surprise me to see them hold off another week uh, and maybe wanting to bring him against the Redskins for week three, uh, maybe more of a run team in that situation. Uh, although the Redskins have been struggling at the run as well. Uh, but I'm not sure if the Saints are going to come out and they're not going to spread it out and let Breeze go nuts and, and try to repeat what, what they did last year. So that we'll get to that in, uh, in our number 10 segment. This is number 8. A lot of fans like to talk about Pro Football Focus, analytical website. Uh, I can appreciate the work that they do analytically. Uh, the numbers that they crunch, uh, some of that stuff is very valuable. What I don't buy into are their grades. Uh, maybe part of it is because it's a little ignorance that I'm not exactly sure what they're grading on and whether or not I would agree with it. But for what it's worth, the top-graded tackle in the league, offensive tackle in the league through week one, is Marshall Newhouse. And uh, I believe at some point Marshall Newhouse has been graded the worst starting tackle in the NFL. So Giants Twitter doesn't really know how to handle that one. Uh, I think the reality is that, that Newhouse and John Jerry played well against the Cowboys. The Cowboys aren't going to test them on the edge, so I think Newhouse, uh, it was a good opportunity for him to, to play well. Uh, I think John Jerry was the most impressive offensive lineman that the Giants had in the game. Uh, he had several crushing blocks, uh, in the running game, down the stretch of that game. Uh, even though the Giants didn't put the game away, uh, 75 yards rushing for Rashad Jennings. Uh, the running game looked good in the second half, and John Jerry deserves a lot of credit for all the criticism that he takes as a player. Uh, John Jerry definitely showed up yesterday. He's still not a perfect player. He committed a penalty uh, that hurt one of the drives. But I think for the most part, John Jerry showed yesterday why uh, the Giants weren't quick to go out and try to get a Josh Sitton uh, who signed with the Bears. Um, they're not, they were not looking for a right guard uh, to replace John Jerry. 
I think they would still consider an upgrade uh, anywhere on the line if they felt as though they can get it. But again, I think Marshall Newhouse and John Jerry on the right side, uh, they showed up well in that first game. It's a long way to go in this season, uh, but I do think they played uh, relatively well. And Jerry, especially with, with some plays that, that kind of were eye-opening, and you'd say, you know what, maybe he is a different player this season. Number nine in this situation is Josh Brown. Guess who's back? Josh Brown has been activated from the suspended list. Uh, comes at, at just the, the perfect time with Randy Bullock uh, missing a PAT on Sunday afternoon in Dallas. It didn't come back to haunt them. He made the PAT after the Cruz touchdown uh, to give the Giants the one-point win. Uh, but, look. The, the Giants, for all they've gone through, for all the public pressure of trying to get rid of Josh Brown, uh, they've stuck with him to this point. And unless there are new revelations involving his scenario, I don't see any way the Giants will release Josh Brown and he will not be kicking for them for the remainder of the season. Uh, just to put something in perspective, Josh Brown has missed three point-after kicks in his entire career. Now, obviously, the... Uh, rule change to move it further back last season, uh, but th missing three PATs and Randy Bullock and Tom Obarski back in training camp and in preseason missed that, that really short field goal that was shorter than an extra point. Uh, so the reliability factor for Josh Brown on the field is there, and I think uh, the Giants will not move beyond Josh Brown for this season. Again, like unless there is some revelation that comes about uh, that would change what the Giants have already known and already stood by Josh uh, for what he's dealt with, with the personal conduct policy and uh, the domestic violence accusations. Uh, so I believe Brown will be the kicker for the remainder of the year. He'll be, he's back with the team. It'll be interesting to see how quickly uh, Bullock is released and is allowed to go look for another team uh it, it will also be interesting to see if bullock takes his uh vested pay his termination pay from the giants which would give him that guaranteed money you can only do it for one year uh for one season but the giants will uh will pay that um and they took their chance and they didn't want to bring in a young guy who wasn't guaranteed beyond a, a week uh, and then if he had gone and missed, an, missed two extra points and they end up losing that game yesterday, I think there would have been a lot of people screaming and yelling at the Giants, calling them cheap. So that, that's just the way it is. And finally, the 10th the item in this week's first and 10, again, locked on Giants Monday through Friday. Uh, we drop at all different times, try to keep it as consistent as possible in the regular season. I apologize for such a late start today, but we got back late from Dallas uh, overnight, so I had to uh, had to take care of some things during the day. And uh, I know some people were asking, where's Locked on Giants? We didn't forget you. We just had to make sure we got everything, uh, everything squared away and and put out a, a good product. We didn't want to rush anything on a Monday, especially going into week two of the regular season. But item number 10, will this week be a quest for redemption for the Giants against Drew Brees and the Saints? I think absolutely. Uh, Drew Brees, what he's done against the Giants in his career, 
uh, has been remarkable. Uh, he tied an NFL record with seven touchdown passes last season. He completed 40 of 50 for 505 yards. Obviously, the Giants lost 52-49 in that wild game in which Breeze and Eli Manning went nuts. Odell Beckham Jr. had three touchdown catches uh, against his hometown team in his hometown. Uh, it, it, that game was indoors, though, and it's going to be nice weather at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. Uh, but just because they're indoors, I think that means uh, that does always mean something for the Saints and for Breeze. Uh, he's five and one career-wise against the Giants, four and one with the Saints, and one and zero with the Chargers. In his six starts against the Giants, he's completed 67.4% of his passes for 1,920 yards, 19 touchdowns, and three interceptions. This Giants defense does not want Drew Brees to be able to dictate what he wants to do come Sunday afternoon. And I think it's going to be a great challenge for the defensive front especially, but also the guys in the secondary to make sure that Brees doesn't have his way. Maybe we see Janoris Jenkins on Brandon Cooks. That would be a great matchup. Uh, Willie Sneed has played exceptionally well. Both Sneed and Cooks went over 100 yards for the Saints on Sunday. I think the Giants are set up defensively in the secondary to be able to handle uh, Breeze a little bit better than what they did last year. Uh, So it's going to be a great game on Sunday. We'll have more on Giants Saints the rest of the week. Uh, But that's our first and ten for this week. Uh, Locked on Giants on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Art Stapleton from the record. And I will leave you with a see you next time. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.